Well, hello, my friends. Okay, you guys, today's episode, and I'm not exaggerating, is one of my favorite episodes ever. It's with therapist Jim Beebe. And if you've been around here at all, you know Jim is one of my favorite guests and one of my favorite humans on the planet. And if you're new around here, welcome. And what a great episode to start with. You guys, Jim has been a therapist for over 40 years. And I think it's safe to say he's an expert on humans and their emotional and spiritual experience on this planet. Jim has a beautiful family and has been married for over 35 years to his beautiful wife, Jane, and they have two awesome grown kids. Okay, so like I said, today is one of my favorite episodes. And honestly, this is one of those episodes that you'll probably want to come back to and listen to over and over again. The way Jim describes our struggles with our thoughts or as he likes to describe it at times, our shitty committee or our harsh voice in our head is so helpful and empowering. You guys, Jim also talks about why it's so hard to change our thoughts. And if you struggle with your thought life, trust me, this is the episode for you. Our thoughts aren't just thoughts. They are feelings, they're experiences. I'll let Jim get into it in the episode. Okay, Jim also mentions the phrase program work. You guys, Jim is a huge fan of 12-step programs and recovery programs because he's seen them help so many people. So when he mentions the word program, that's what he's talking about. He also mentions that we are triune beings, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, but just want to remind you guys, triune beings, many theologians explain it like we are similar to the Trinity, right? So the Trinity in our faith is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, in that same way, we have three parts to each of us as well. We have a spirit. We have a physical body, and then we have minds to contend with. All right, you guys, I know so many of us shame ourselves because we wrestle with our thoughts and our feelings. We can be just so, so hard on ourselves. I was actually just talking with a new friend, and she explained her struggles like a knotted ball of necklaces. And I thought, wow, that so describes it so well. So if that's you, if you're hard on yourself and you're just done struggling and just you're just done swimming, in the sea of misery and feeling stuck in different parts of your life, or if you feel like your life or your spiritual life is like a knotted ball of necklaces, I want to invite you to jump into this round of the Feel Better journey. Let's unravel your knots and join the community of good people to journey with. You guys, we are all in this work together, and if you want a tribe to do this holy and hard work with, please jump in. Also, I wanted to mention that if you have questions about the logistics of the program, please email me. The last day to sign up is February 20th. If you do know you want to sign up, please don't wait. We're actually finalizing groups now. And once the groups are set, that's when we figure out when our weekly Zoom call meetings are. So we want to make sure that we accommodate everyone's schedule in that particular group. And we're working with three time zones so far. Also, where are all my men at? This work is not just for women. Men, jump in. We have three awesome men already signed up in the men's group, and I'd love to have you join us. One of the women's groups is full, and the other one is filling up, so jump in too, my ladies. Okay, if you have questions, email me or check the link about the program in the show notes. Lastly, this is a two-part episode. You guys, it was just too rich to make one episode. And I didn't want today's points to get lost on the richness of all Jim goes into tomorrow as well. So we felt like we could cut it into two episodes really easily. So please make sure that you listen to Jim's episode tomorrow 
as well. They are short. Both of them are under 20 minutes, but I think well worth your time. Okay, lastly, now really lastly, I just want you guys to know I love you. I'm here for you. Please send your prayer requests and let me know how I can support you in prayer. You guys, I know life can be such a struggle and feel like an uphill battle at times. You are not alone, and I am so grateful for you and this community. Please keep me and my family in your prayers as well. I love you guys. Welcome to a Holy Mess podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. Hi, Jim. Hey, Danny. I'm so grateful that you said yes. I am always so grateful when you say yes. So thank you that you still respond to my text messages and that you're excited to be on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. It's good to be here. Low data mode for all. Hold on. I've got, I just got a notification. Okay. It's, it went off. Did you get a notification that the internet was weak? No, mine's okay. It's like life. My head. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't you wish you had like a little, uh, little bars on you, right? To see if you know, your energy is going down, you know, <laughs> all the different scales. <laughs> Go take a nap. Yep. You are going offline now. You are shutting down. <laughs> I know today we want to talk a little bit about a lot of what people read and hear about learning to sort of take captive every thought and how to, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? As if it's a choice that we can choose to see things differently and that, that when we change our perspective, then we'll all of a sudden have the fruit of joy and, you know, we won't be so depressed, right? But we want to, we want to unpack that a little bit today. What, what's really going on here? Oh my gosh, yes. Just keep talking. I'm listening. Okay. So it's very common. In fact, I've sent stuff out to people of how important the lens through which we view life is. You know, we know this because it happens sometimes really quickly, right? It can happen really fast when all of a sudden we see things in a different light. I remember one time, Danny, I was at a restaurant years ago. I was at a restaurant and this kid, family got out of their booth and this kid was walking really funny. Like he was walking as if he was like, looked like he was walking like a monkey, legs really apart, straddle and walking as he was making fun. And I, and I started to laugh. Okay. And then I just noticed that he had this bar between his legs and obviously he had some kind of medical condition and he was forced to walk that way. Oh. Right. The first one is just sort of funny kids being funny. Now my lens changed. Now I felt embarrassed that I was laughing at him. <laughs> I thought I was ridiculing this disabled child. Right. So what happened? I changed my lens instantly because all of a sudden, oh, oh, I'm not seeing things accurately. Now I see things in a different way. Right. So we know in some ways how powerful that perspective is. It's huge. And it is important to, as we challenge ourselves with perspective and our outlook. And you and I have talked a lot about how our lens is dirtied because of our own life experience, our own fears, our own history, our own insecurities, our own angers or resentments. They're all on our lens. 
And part of life is learning how to clean the lens so I can see life in a more accurate way, not just as a projection of what I already believe, right? And so we've talked a lot about that. That's amazing. Yeah. Like what you just said, if we can all just pause for a moment and hear what Jim just said, we look at life through our experience, through the lens that's been muddied and murkied, through people who've hurt us, through horrible decisions we've made that have affected things, through just society in general. Like that's how we view life. Wow. Okay. Keep going. And it's the only way you can view life. You know, you can only view it through who you are. Now we're trying to increase and add more to my tools and my reserves to be able to acknowledge and see and then challenge and at times clean off my lens. I mean, we're, we're doing that work to do that because I think that does help then as I approach life in a different way. It's tremendously helpful, you know, to do that. And you'll see that stuff everywhere in, in quotes or in therapies, things like that. That is a big part of cognitive behavioral therapy. The cognitive side of that is all about our thought life. You know, you and I've talked about the shitty committee in our head, you know, so we have this, this sort of negative, fearful, or shame-based lens through which we view life, right? So I believe all that. And I, and I do believe there's a lot of accuracy. And so continuing to be in environments that help me absorb and see life through a different lens is really, really helpful, Okay. But here's the million dollar question. How can I pop out that old CD and put the new one in? How do I put in the trash my old belief systems and then download a new operating system in my brain, right? <laughs> we wish it was that easy. And I'm telling everybody right now, it is not that easy. It's not the way that works. And despite sometimes people will have experiences like that and all of a sudden they hear a sermon and it's just sort of like turned everything sideways and now they you know, see things differently. Sometimes that'll happen, but most times what happens is two days later, I'm right back in the muck of my old struggles, right? There's this pullback to regress back to the places where I struggled or who I am, basically, okay? So what the heck's going on, you know? Otherwise, all we have to do is give people a, a list of accurate thoughts and you're fixed, you know? Just believe these things. And sometimes in Christianity, that's part of what we put on people is, listen, you you're a child of God. You know, you own that. You, you proclaim that. You get covered in the blood of Jesus. And now that's done, right? God said it. I believe it. That's it. All right. Right. That's, we've heard that saying, right? As if just that itself is going to transform and change how I look. That's not the way it works. Sometimes I wish it would, but it's not the way it works. Okay. Then why? Well, because those thoughts aren't just thoughts. Their experiences, their feelings, they're, they're wound into my even physiological structure of who I am, okay? We're not just body separate, soul separate, spirit separate. We're body, soul, spirit. You and I have talked about this triune self, right? We, we're all those together, okay? So my thoughts are also generated by my biology. If I don't get enough sleep, if I'm um, mood altered in some way by my biology, it's going to change my thoughts, okay? And my thoughts at times will change my biology. It's all interactive. It's much deeper than just a choice to change how I believe. So it's not the way you can't just pop this cassette out of your brain, you know, and put a new one in. Not what happens. In fact, sometimes we actually shame ourselves because we can't believe that, you know, and we can't experience that 
you know, so we thought, God, what's wrong with me? Do I not believe well enough? And, you know, am I not doing it? Boy, it seems like other people are getting it. And I'm not getting it. You know, why do I still feel lonely? And people tell me God's with them every day. And, but I feel lonely. I haven't heard him, you know? So we start to shame ourselves because of this expectation that it's, you know, sort of in a sense that it, this should be the sign of me being a child of God, let's say. And the truth is, this is very hard to wrestle with those parts of us because those beliefs, let's call them, 99% of them are not conscious beliefs. They're not. They're not even accessible beliefs so much as they're experiential beliefs and they're ways in which I interact with the world and I experience and interpret the world. Because I interpret the world through this lens that I've gathered by my DNA, by my personality, by my a life experience, everything, right? that goes into my life becomes part of the, how I look at the lens of life, but it's just, it becomes organic in a sense in me, okay, through which. Now, we'll talk about tools about how do I then work on those parts of me, but it's really important for people to realize this is a one day at a time. When the Bible says, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, it's the 12 step one day at a time, okay? That's what it looks like, you know? And that's, we hope over time that I can clean that lens off a little bit better. I do think that helps a lot, you know, to be able to see life through a healthier lens. I hope I can make choices, put myself in environments that help me have a healthier lens to view life. That's great. And take care of myself so I can actually can live in that lens a little better. Because most of us just, you know, if we have a bad lens, we tend to screw it up and put more stuff on that lens, right? You know, we make it even harder, right? So really then, okay, well, what what helps me transform that? If I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Well, what's that mean? Okay. And what does that look like? Okay. And I'll just give you, you help me in this, Danny, because you help with the things that help you. But I'll give you things that I think are, can be really helpful. Number one, I'm trying to change my experiences. Okay. And the biggest one is, you know, when 12 Step says you're only as sick as your secrets, when something is secret, even to ourselves often, Okay, secrets aren't just secrets that we keep from others. We keep secrets from ourselves, right? When we don't, when things are still in the vague grayness of it, right? How often have you just felt overwhelming anxiety? You can't really tell, can't put your finger on what's underneath it all or depression, but it's, you feel the result of it, right? Because I just, that stuff down there, I, it's, it's hard to sort of get at. It's squirrely. It's like nailing jello to the wall, you know? And nothing quite fits it, but I just try to keep defining it a little bit better. Okay. Partly because I'm wrestling with myself. So bringing myself into community and, and especially any non-shame based community, it has to be a grace based community. That can be 12 step. That can be a great life group. That can be your walking buddies. That can be uh, authors that you read that are open about their journey. That can be your podcast. Danny. I have to have a place where there's a community of openness and acceptance as we share, because as I expose that and experience people's acceptance of me, unconsciously, I start to internalize that experience. Now that becomes part of my package, part of my experience package, right? So I start to experience through that. You just said something really important. As we experience acceptance and compassion from others, then, and only then, I believe, can we actually begin to accept ourselves and find compassion for ourselves and our journey. I love, love, love how you put that. Yeah. But the shame is self-limiting. The shame drives us to hide. And the more we hide, the more we're stuck in it. 
Okay. So we're wounded in relationship. We're healed in relationship. It's through acceptance. Okay. And the acceptance though is not that I have to be different than I am. This is back to our loving what is. It's the acceptance of the fact that I have these vulnerabilities, these, you know, sort of uh, thorns, including my thought life, including my self-rejection, including my, I think I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I'm too this or that, and whatever those things are, whatever those voices are. And by the way, if you want to talk about spiritual warfare, that's the, that's really the only spiritual warfare I know of, honestly, it's, you know, fighting my own self, right? <laughs> because it's profoundly a spiritual movement of this acceptance of who I am. You fix it by not fixing it. You don't clean the lens by just trying to get rid of all the stuff on the lens, you, you actually help clean it by accepting it, okay? Because if you judge yourself for having a dirty lens, you just actually put more judgment on top of the lens, okay? Number one, having a community of care and love and openness and sharing. To me, I'm drawn to people who are open and authentic. And wasn't this Jesus? Wasn't it? Jesus was hanging with all the down and outers. He was, people didn't, weren't pretentious, right? He said about Nathaniel, here's a man in whom there is no guile. Guile is like this pretension, right? And, you know, who did he land on and like totally roast is the Pharisees who were caught in judgment and some appearance, you know, whitewashed sepulchers, he calls them, right? Okay. So it's, it's really the message of what Jesus was said. We, I mean, he was drawn to people that were authentic and open and we're all broken pots, right? And so we all get to sort of share that together. I think that's why the 12 step movement has been incredibly powerful. So powerful because people need to come as they are. Amen. I think we're all drawn to open people and authenticity. And, you know, I think it's harder for us to be open and authentic. But I think the only doorway to that is to listen to others or to be around others who are open and authentic and finding comfort in their own skin and their own stories and their own journeys one day at a time. And then it kind of gives me the fortitude or the agency to, okay, you know, if Jim's okay in his skin with his story in life. Okay. That gives me courage. I can be too. And it's this unconscious, you know, conversation that goes on. I think that is more important than even the words or the conscious conversation. I mean, have you ever just seen somebody and you you barely even talk to them, but they're so open and vulnerable. You feel, wow, I can sense their humanity. I can swim in that stream. Like I feel a part of their life because of their transparency and their vulnerability and their honesty. And it gives me like some fortitude, some strength. So I love that. I think it's hard to be vulnerable and open and honest for ourselves at first, but I think it gets easier and easier and easier the more we do it. But you said it a minute ago, in safe places, with safe people, with people who are open and honest themselves. It's really hard to be open and honest in an environment where everybody's got all their life together, quote unquote. They don't, but they're not open or vulnerable enough to share you know, their son's off the rails or their marriage is off the rails or they just, you know, lost their whole nest egg or they're just struggling. And so it's really important that we seek people who are already kind of doing the work, that holy and hard work and being open and honest with themselves if we want to have a chance being open and honest ourselves. Because if we share in the wrong environment and you guys, Jim is not saying like share anywhere because if you share in the wrong environment, it can get murky it can get even more painful and you know yeah. especially if you're already judging yourself and you sent someone else's judgment does that make sense yep yep so people may be very well intentioned but if you're in a place where they're trying to fix you they're trying to solve you they're trying to give you the three steps to 
you know, not think those things or feel those things. It, it won't work. I'm just telling you, it won't work. So you're right, Danny. It's a place where there is permission to be human. There's a permission to be in my own journey and, and an openness from other people. That's why I, I like reading, you know, autobiographies and memoirs and things because I love when people just open about their own humanness. It gives me permission to be human too. So I think that's really important. And what you're doing is you're just, you're collecting another base of experience and you're absorbing that and you're slowly metabolizing that into your body, even into your physiology. Because you remember everything that we think and feel is encoded chemically and electrically in our body. Everything. Your memory is nothing but an electrical chemical deposit that you pull on later. Okay. Your feelings are nothing but an electrical chemical. When you get down to it, your thoughts are electrical chemical things. So the more that I create that foundation of experience, I have a broader way to look at life, a bigger way to look at life. So shame, anxiety, depression are all cause you to force you into looking at life through a keyhole. All those things force you to confine your view of life, fearful view of life, anxious way of view in life. And I do it too. My anxiety, I'll, I'll do that too. And generally, the more that I can expand that and pull back from that, expand my view of life, it helps a lot. I'm able to see the bigger picture of life and experience it through other people's stories. I'm not alone through it, through other people's testimony or through their memoirs. All those things will help me expand and step back from it. That helps me in my self-judgments and I'm slowly internalizing and I'm metabolizing that experience. It's really powerful and helpful, right? And, and I'm doing it with the basis of acceptance, that the grace-based. It's what your podcast is all about. It's trying to share your be a holy mess, right? Just be people, just be who we are. My gosh, you know, I just yelled at my kids yesterday or you know, I had a hard time getting up this morning. Or <laughs> Whatever it is. Before I came in my office, I was like, I'm recording with Jim, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, exactly. Believe me, I don't look all that good either. Yeah. So I think that's, that's really important. I do think slowly we learn how to talk to ourselves and the way I like to do it is I try to think of when I'm getting triggered, I try to think of the triggers there because I have a button. It wouldn't be a trigger if I didn't have the button. So I try to look at myself. Oh, Jim, you used to tell me that. And I got to tell you, I hated it. When you used to say like, I'll complain about my husband when I complained about Gary. You're like, oh yeah, Gary was the definitely the trigger. But what do you think the button was? And I'm like, no, no, Gary is the button, Jim. And you're like, exactly. I don't think so, Annie. Gary is the button and the trigger. <laughs> so what I find, it's very hard to do because I want to obsess on the trigger, but I, I found it helpful to say, okay, okay, the button, and I, yeah, the button's the same stuff. The button's that inner fearful self for me. And for somebody, it'll be the shame-based self, okay? But you start to see that inner self. I start to embody it as the inner child. You know, that's my five-year-old self. You know, this is the, uh-oh, watch out, something bad's going to happen, inner self. That's my inner belief system. That's my inner experience, and that's my inner biology. Be careful. This, you remember, your brain has wired itself together to be really good at thinking those thoughts. It's not good at thinking other thoughts because those thoughts don't fit with the wiring of your brain already and with your experience base, okay? It's almost like, you know, you're, you're going against the grain now. Well, even program talks about doing contrary actions going against what you normally, what your impulse is to do. Well, even your impulse is to think. You have a certain way that you've been practiced, like the rut has been dug deep at those thought lives and you're really good at it. 
you're really good at shaming yourself. You're really good at being angry. You're really good at being anxious. You, you got that down. You have perfected that. Okay? So to go contrary to that is intentionality. It's a journey, right? So, but as I embody it as this inner child, all right, there's, I'm being triggered. And there's that anxious self. And I can obsess on the trigger and I probably will some, but also underneath it, I know is that deep fear of just something bad's going to happen. And I find helpful for me then to try to address, try to talk to that self. And I'll say things like, I'll say to myself, I'll say, Jim, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to turn out. If, if you could know how this is going to work out, you're going to be fine with what's going on right now. Because this is, this is actually going to be part of the blessing or part of the story. And I'll say this. And Danny, part of me doesn't believe it. Really inside doesn't believe it. And then part of me does. Right? And the more I can do my work, the more I can slowly start to believe I have this self-parenting, right? So there's Jim who's in fear, but there's Jim who's now sharing and be able to speak to myself, right? But with, with love. And it's not trying to shame myself for feeling what I feel. That will not work, right? I can't shame myself for feeling fearful, you know, anxious, depressed or whatever. That'll just keep me in it, in the shame and fear and depression. It's really this grace. So in a way, it's a gentle parenting. There's it's it's sort of a challenge to it, but it's a real gentle challenge. And to sort of speak what I, the better part of me believes is truth. The lot of me, not sure it's truth <laughs> at the moment. You got to remember, we're all, do, we're all mixed of mind. Nobody is pure of heart. Nobody. Okay. Most times we're wrestling with ourselves. So we're doing those practices as we do that talk. And sometimes a lot of people journal it as a way because the journaling gets it out of their brain onto paper. I've had people talk about doing an opposite hand journal where you actually, you use your opposite. If you're right-handed, use your left hand to write out what you're feeling and then use your right hand to write to that part of you. And it's, it's powerful because you'll just feel like a child again because you write like a child with your opposite hand. But those things are just conventions as you try to deal with that yourself. Sometimes getting a picture of yourself, you know, as a five-year-old and having that and, you know, sort of seeing that in front of you, that's the person who's reacting to this stuff. But you're getting at those core beliefs that are in there, right? And Danny, it's really important that you accept this is a forever journey. It doesn't, again, you can't just pop the cassette out. It's not what happens. You know, we hope over time that we really are more at peace with who we are. We're more, we're more able to have love, joy, and peace. I hope I'm, you know, I'm able to be not wrestling with my inner demons and my shitty committee. I don't know. I, you know, I, I tend to just think it's okay. You know, it's this, this is sort of my journey, but at least I have the tools that I have. Those things help. Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.